welcome to the podcast. Every week I'll share leadership thoughts, books I'm reading, or tools I'm using to teach leadership skills. I believe everyone has influence. Every family, school, church, city, country is determined by its capacity for effective leadership. So let's jump in. Welcome to the Leadership Podcast. I am Charlie McMahon, and I am enjoying going through some content that is the merging of some of my, probably my most favorite material in the history of my life, the Sermon on the Mount, with uh, a book that's had a tremendous impact on me in recent weeks, Driven by uh, Dr. Doug Brackman and Randy Kelly, Navy SEAL. And Driven, for those of you who are just joining today, you want to go back and listen to the previous podcast, Driven is a book about a genetic mutation, really. The D2-D4 mutation creates an allele overlap that, uh, in essence, is the genetic marker for driven people. It actually suppresses dopamine release. So Brackman estimates about 10% of the population has this leftover of the hunter gene. The hunter gene, it was very valuable in a culture that was a hunting culture back in the day, but uh, now finds its difficulties in what he calls now a farmer culture where the hunter gene is not as treasured, not as honored, not as valued, but it is essential because it's what leads to iPhones. It's what leads to SpaceX and Teslas. And and it's behind so many achievements, but, but it can wreak havoc. It can wreak havoc. And because the book describes someone wired like myself, for example, when my wife listened to the podcast that Ben Greenfield had where he had Doug Brackman on, she said, Charlie, this is you. This will explain you. It'll explain our basement and, and my, my continual uh, in perpetuity search for all kinds of projects and uh, memorabilia that I create in my basement. And it did. It described me perfectly. But, but those of us who lead and we have parts of this or a lot of this driven genetic reality going on inside of us, we really need Jesus. Like we got to have a G- come to Jesus moment because if not, we'll wreak havoc. Doug Brackman talks about the fact that this mutation that is uh, not always uh, appreciated because it causes so much uh, force in an organization or a family, is it really a gift? But he says no matter how extraordinary, a gift can cause a certain amount of trouble for you if you don't know how to use it. And he references the 1980s sitcom, The Greatest American Hero. I may have mentioned this briefly in a previous podcast, but in this show... A school teacher teacher named Ralph Hanley encounters some aliens who present him with this very special superpower, superhero suit. And when he wears the suit, he is imbued with these incredible powers. He can fly. He has remarkable strength. He can become invisible. He has all these other incredible abilities. But here's the trouble. The trouble is he loses, Ralph loses the instruction manual. So he has no idea how the suit works. 
He has to learn by trial and error. He gets into the suit and he flies around, but he flies horribly, crashes into buildings. He doesn't know how to control his X-ray vision. Whoops. His mishaps lead invariably to some disappointing, though admittedly amusing consequences. And those people who are watching Ralph, who don't know his circumstances, probably conclude that his special suit is broken or it is defective in some way. In reality, Ralph has mismanaged the gift he's been given. So sometimes we have gifts, and we're not sure how to use those gifts, gifts we really don't understand, gifts that come with some pretty amazing abilities, if we know how to use them. Without the instruction manual, in other words, if we haven't learned how to harness those powers, we often seem different. We often seem broken, not only to others, but to ourselves. And if you are roughly one of the world's 10% possessing the genetic alleles and life experiences that manifest this powerful drive, the right instruction manual will just catapult you. It'll mature you, and now those gifts will be used to build up, to empower people, not just build great teams and organizations that inwardly destroy people. And I'm thankful for this book because it's helped me to understand myself, but that's why I'm looking at it through the lens of the most powerful literature in my life, and that is Matthew 5, 6, and 7. So for the first few weeks of this, we've been going through the Beatitudes and intersecting the conclusions of Driven with the Beatitudes. Today, I want you to look with me at Matthew 5, 6. We're now at the beatitude that says, blessed, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Now, remember a few things there. The word blessed is markarios, the status of the gods. It was a word. It wasn't a Christian word. It was a word used to describe people who, man, the inner parts of themselves are in a good place. And he says, I promise those of you who are at a place in your life where you desire to be set right on the inside, those of us who are driven, who cringe at some of the things we've said and done recklessly because of this energy that comes out of us, we have a shame that we walk around with. By the way, the chapter on shame in Doug Brackman and Randy Kelly's book is worth the reading for those of us who feel like we're so broken we can't be fixed. For those of you who have an emptiness it is, it's going to be turned into a, fulfilledness as, a, a fullness as you hunger to be transformed inwardly by the rightness of Christ. I love this because those of us who have this outer energy need the inner transformation. We get to a place where we go, is there a better way to use my gifts? Yeah, I've maybe built some things and impacted some people, but is there a way to do it that the process is ennobling as well as the product? Then, then you're ripe for this beatitude, this fourth beatitude, that, that you're ripe for God set me right. So here's what I want you to do today. I want you to do this process and maybe make this week. It is your... It is your goal 
to be hungry. Hungry for what? Well, the word righteousness is the word dikausene. Dikausene was the word for things set right holy, things set right on the inside. Righteousness wasn't just I do the right things, but everything is set right within me to where I not only don't want to do the wrong things, I have a desire. I have a strong desire to do right so much that it crowds out the propensity to do things wrongly. It crowds out the desire to go off path. But I'm on a right path because an inward desire has been set right within me. Now, I believe this. If you start making it your practice to follow the owner's manual of your superpowers, which the owner's manual in our case here is the Sermon on the Mount, and you start saying every day this week is the beginning of my journey of hungering and thirsting for rightness to be set within me and around me and in my world, he'll answer that prayer. He'll answer that prayer. I remember years ago, I started praying. Colossians 3 talks about clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And I remember 30 years ago, I began praying that prayer because I lacked compassion, I lacked kindness, I lacked humility, gentleness, and patience. They're all things that I had the veneer of religiosity with, because I was a preacher, so you got to at least fake it. But I, didn't, I knew I didn't have it inwardly. I didn't really have compassion for hurting people. I didn't really have a kindness. I had a niceness, because that was my family's motto, is be nice to people, but not an inward kindness. I didn't have a genuine humility. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. Humility is thinking of yourself less. I didn't have a true gentleness. I could be a bull in a china shop when I was wanting to get my way with something. And, and those characteristics on some level are real in me today. And I would attribute it back to starting that prayer almost every day of my life for 30 years. God, fill me with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. I mentioned a number of weeks ago in a sermon that, you know, you can't fake patience. Like if you do, it's, you, I suppose you get some credit for trying. It's like humility. You get some credit for trying, but if you're really egotistical and arrogant about your agenda being more important than everyone else, it's going to show. The only way to be patient is genuinely be a person who realizes my agenda is not so all-encompassing and important and world-altering that we must stop this shenanigans of waste of time that we're doing right now as a family and get on with what I want to do. That when you're truly transformed into a, you know what? I don't have to save the world. I'm not so important that if I get something done today, the world is going to be a much better place. My agenda is not number one in this family. And then you're able to be fully present when you're having to wait without any kind of resentment. It's just a genuine, a releasing and a being in that moment. People notice and I mention it so much to the extent that my daughter posted it on Instagram, a picture of me at a family gathering holding our granddaughter, Frankie, and just being fully there. And it was. It was a really good picture. 
because she knows that, I mean, she loves me, but she knows that she grew up under someone that was always on to the next thing, on to the next thing, on to the next thing. Now, part of it is I'm 59 now and I don't have the energy I used to, but I still have that drive that outside of Christ's rightness in me, I would still be trampling over. I would not be enjoying family gatherings like I do now. Here's what Christ does with those of us who are driven. He takes that drive and he gives us an owner's manual. He gives us a transformation. Your task today, listener, is to begin the long, long journey of saying to God through Christ every day, Jesus, I hunger and thirst for your rightness within me. Set things right. Heal the wounds in me. Fill the inadequacies that make me be overly driven, that amplify my genetic makeup, and they make it destructive. No, fill those things. Take those things that would be offensive and use them for productive processes, not just products. And I hope that today this podcast is life-changing, not tomorrow, not a week from now, but years from now, as people who know you look at you and say, she's different. She doesn't fake patience anymore. She really is patient. She really does live in the present. She really has been set right, and it's made her a better leader. Until next time on the Leadership Podcast, I'm Charlie McNamara. Thanks for listening. Tune in every week as we continue learning and growing in faith, in life, and leadership. And if this has been helpful to you, subscribe and spread the word. And I will talk to you next week.